Do you think there's a situation where in the future we'll ever end up being roommates again? Um, oh, uh, if if the economy tanks and we have to to survive. Yeah. yeah. Or if there's like a, an apocalypse kind of situation and we, we build a camp, but there's only one building in that camp. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're roommates technically. Well, what if you get in a weird accident and I have to come move in and help wipe your butt? <laughs> <laughs> Would you do that for me? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Man, you're a good I friend. I would do it now if you wanted. I don't think I really care. <laughs> would you do it now if I if I didn't need to? I just wanted you to? I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I Man. care. <laughs> I'll wipe your butt. Okay. Do I have to for real? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone heard you just promise it, so yeah, you can't I mean, go back on your word. Is, this is a legal document now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about people in their in their old age being friends and and, and hanging out and maybe even being roommates. And um, I found a story that I think is really inspiring. It's it's about three best friends that even though they're in their mid fifties, uh, they're roommates that all live together and and they're just having the time of their lives. Hmm. Uh, do you want to take a guess what the story is? Oh, uh, Garfield and friends. It's in cat years. <laughs> full house. Is it full house? It's not full house. It's a TV series called the golden girls. Oh, they're in their fifties in that. Yeah. They're only yeah. 50. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> weird. Yeah. Pretty wild. huh? <laughs> right. so, I want to start by just setting up the premise of the show and then we'll talk about who the golden girls are. And, uh, I was thinking maybe we could see if the three of us, match up with the three of them like maybe we're the young hunk version of the golden girls mm. cool so the show ran from 1985 to 1992 it's seven seasons long there's 180 episodes and it was wildly popular it won emmys and, and golden globes and all kinds of things and the premise of the golden girls is the story of three women in their mid-50s that end up being roommates and also one other woman that's in her 80s that lives with them too and the three women are blanche She's kind of fancy. She's She's got a southern accent. She wears nice clothes that I think are supposed to be sexy, but in a very kind of 1980s conservative way. And then there's Rose, who's short and sweet and seems very pure and genuine and maybe a little gullible, maybe a little dumb. And then Dorothy, who's tall and, and kind of stern, but seems very powerful and very strong-willed. And then the 80-year-old that lives with them, that's Dorothy's mom, Sophia. We'll get deeper into who these who these characters are in just a second. She's the hot one. <laughs> no, actually, Blanche is the hot one. She's the sexy well, one. We're all to like different things. That's so true. Like, so that's, that's a good point. The world go around. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Do you think you're more into? So these are your three options. You can either date Blanche, the sexy kind of promiscuous one. Rose. Well, that's s- loaded, Roger. Let us decide who's sexy, promiscuous. <laughs> okay, Blanche is the. I like the this? old promiscuous one, <laughs> the eighty-year-old one. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you more about them in a little bit, and you can make your decision on who you want to date. Deal. But uh, just it's a very bit different game than what you started the show with, Roger. <laughs> which one are you to? Who do you want to date? First, we're going to see who you want to date, and then we're going to decide which one of us is which, and then we'll figure out if we want to date each other. Yeah. So. God, what if I want to date myself? It's like an icebreaker, you know? Oh. I can't wait to date one of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just to give you kind of a sense of what the show's about, the series begins with the women meeting for the first time. And they meet because Dorothy and Rose are both looking for a place to live. And Blanche is looking to rent some rooms in her house. And all three women have somewhat recently become single. um, So they're kind of starting a new chapter in their lives. 
Blanche and Rose are both widows. Their husbands have died. And Dorothy is single, but because she's recently left her husband. And it just so happens that both Dorothy and Rose respond to the same ad looking for roommates in Blanche's house, and they quickly become best friends. And the series really centers around their relationships and how these women kind of figure out how to navigate their newly single lives. And ultimately, at its core, it's a story about how you're never too old to build new friendships and how it's never too late to find happiness. And to really understand what makes the story so powerful, uh, you have to know who the women are. So let's take a look at the characters. We're going to start with Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy's mom gave birth to her on a pinochle table in January of 1930. Mm. And, <laughs> and her mother was an Italian immigrant that moved to New York when she was young. Her name is, is Sophia. And we'll talk more about her later in a minute, too. Mm-hmm. But Dorothy, she was a good kid. She's a high achiever, got straight A's in school. Uh, was kind of self-conscious, though, because she's the tallest girl in the class when she's growing up, which is something that I can personally relate to. Are you trying to make the argument that you want... You are her, or you want to date her? Uh, both. I think we relate okay. on a deep level, and I think we would really hit it off. Uh, and, and for anyone that doesn't know, Roger's six four, more like six five though. Yeah, I have the spirit of a six five, but in the body of a six four. Yeah. So, and the agility of a six six. Yeah, <laughs> and the curves of a perfect ten. Yeah. <laughs> For Dorothy, though, uh, that uh, that self-conscious streak because of her height ended up growing into a real problem. As a teen, she had a really bad opinion of herself. She thought she was ugly and gross and annoying. And a big part of that probably came from the relationship she had in high school. Her first boyfriend was pretty much just straight up emotionally abusive. And he went out of his way to cut her down and make her feel bad about herself, which especially to like a 16-year-old can have a huge impact on a person's self-image. But eventually she left that jerk in her senior year and instead, she started dating another boy just a couple of weeks before her prom. So, wait, the last year of high school or, or current day? Uh, <laughs> her senior citizen year. Yeah. Her senior year of high school. But, okay. But this new boyfriend that she had, he's kind of a bad boy. He's a little rough around the edges. But he likes Dorothy, and he makes her feel good about herself, so she likes him back. Until, and you're not going to believe this... He stands her up on prom night. Oh. He just never he never shows up to pick her up for prom, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Huh? Uh, I I kind of the guys I kind of did this. Did you really? Yeah, I was dating a girl who was much taller than I was, and <laughs> and then she wanted me to go to prom with her. I said no. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you want to go to prom with her? I regret it. If you're out there and you know who you are, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I always regretted it. <laughs> Well, uh, we know we know which character you are in Golden Girls. You're the scummy ex-boyfriend. Yeah, goddamn <laughs> surprise it. pick. That's, actually, that is a dark mark in my life for real. I, I, I'm sad about it. Yeah, do you regret it because it made her sad, or you regret it because you missed the time of your life? Uh, a little both, actually. She was great. Um, yeah, I just and prom's uh, very just, fun. So I was, I was, well, I was afraid because I didn't know how to dance. Because yeah. when I was 16, I, I went through some stuff, and I, and I didn't really feel great about myself. <laughs> Well, this actually this story is a little bit different, though, because it comes out later in the series that the guy actually did show up. It was Dorothy's mom, Sophia, that actually sent him away. Oh, wow. When he came to their house to pick her up, Sophia thought he seemed like trouble, like like he was a dirtbag. So to protect her daughter, she told him to leave. Oh, that sucks. And then she just never told Dorothy that. It's kind of shitty, um, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's rough, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, Dorothy didn't know that at the time, though. So she basically just grew up kind of thinking she was unlovable. And then no boy was ever going to want to be with her. It's very sad. And that's when she meets Stan. 
Stan is a big dork. They refer to him in the show as a yutz a lot. He's just he's just a dweeb. He's kind of the worst. And Dorothy isn't really interested in him when she meets him. But she figures uh, she, she obviously kind of needs to take whatever she can get. And she doesn't think she can do any better than, than this guy Stan. Plus, when they meet, Stan is laying it on really heavy. His pickup line is that Dorothy has to go on a date with him because he's about to get shipped off to fight in Korea and he's probably going to die there. Wow. So this is the only chance he'll have to go on a date with a girl. <laughs> it's a pretty heavy pickup line. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's rough. That's so good. <laughs> Works every time, though, let me tell you. <laughs> Do you tell girls you have to fight in Korea? And everyone's like, oh, why are you going to Korea? <laughs> yeah. But then it turns out you're fighting in a, in a professional StarCraft league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just signed up for amateur wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Dorothy feels bad and uh, and she doesn't have great self-esteem so she agrees yeah, but it's not like there's sparks flying or anything so when date night comes around Stan picks Dorothy up to take her to a drive-in movie and it's not long before things get pretty steamy in the back seat of Stan's car oh, and wow. Stan and Dorothy get very intimate and it was just planned on being a one-time thing. You know, it doesn't seem like Dorothy or Stan are really thinking that this is going to turn into a relationship. Until Dorothy finds out she's pregnant. She's got a bun in the oven. Oh, that one no. passionate night in the back of Stan's car. First try, no warm-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That's the worst kind of first try, no warm-up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lesson to learn, you know? Yeah. It's hard out there. <laughs> 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 it's hard out there with all the girls we're knocking up. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, Laura. My wife, Laura, I don't mean that. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. <laughs> uh, but that changes everything. You know, Stan can't just walk away. So he proposes and Dorothy accepts and they're going to raise this baby together. Now, keep in mind that this is like the end of senior year of high school. They're yeah. both just teens. So it's not a great situation, but uh, you know, they make the best of it together. They leave New York and they move to Miami, where Stan gets a job as a salesman selling novelties. And I'm not really sure what that mm. means. What do you think a novelty is? It's like a souvenir shop kind of Plastic thing. Plastic back scratcher. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. those wind up teeth. Wind up teeth. Uh, some sort of like oversized normal thing, like oversized toothbrush or something. Like a giant pencil maybe. Yeah. 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 Toblerone. <laughs> Actually a normal size Toblerone yeah. probably yeah, too. It's, a no- no- it's still a novelty. <laughs> Regular Toblerone. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our next band name. Toblerone? Regular size Toblerone? Just regular Toblerone. <laughs> you ever seen though in the grocery store when you're in the frozen food aisle, the section with all the ice cream and stuff is called Novelties? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe weird, he's huh? an ice cream man. Maybe he's an ice cream man. I don't know. Yeah. It's an odd thing though. Why are ice cream called Novelties? Because it's superfluous maybe. Because it's what? Superfluous. It's a superfluous. It's a superfluous. It's superfluous. Frozen yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah. Stan isn't a very good novelty salesman, though. He's he's making enough to support his family. Um, and they're doing okay, but he's not he's not great. But with the money that he's making, he's able to support a growing family. So Dorothy uh, gives birth to their second child together while they're living in Miami. And that's how life goes for Dorothy for the next, like, 38 years. But for most of those 38 years, Stan is actually cheating on Dorothy. No. Yeah. Can you believe it? First, he's cheating with his secretary, and then later he meets a flight attendant, and they have an affair as well. God. It's that flight attendant that ends up being the end of their marriage. How does he get to her? How does he... All the way up there. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> he flaps real hard. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but Stan decides to leave Dorothy to go run off with the flight attendant instead. 
So after 38 years of marriage, Stan has his lawyer call Dorothy to let her know that he's divorcing her for a younger woman. Aw, that's <laughs> Which is, scumbag. Yeah. He gets his friend to call his wife to break up with her. Jeez. His friend is he's his friend is a lawyer. Oh no, I guess he gets his lawyer. I'm just assuming they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever had a lawyer before, they very quickly become your friend. Yeah, it just I reminds have, me of like in high school, and you wanted to break up with somebody, so you get your friend to to call and break up with her, right? Yeah, yeah. If we're like high school, that would be true. Yeah. But uh, after they divorce, though, Stan doesn't really disappear. He pops up now and then trying to win Dorothy back. Uh, he realized too late that he messed up. Stuff between him and the flight attendant didn't work out. Duh. And now all he wants is to be back with Dorothy. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Dorothy never take him back. Also, Stan gets rich, too. He invents a machine that automatically prepares a baked potato. <laughs> and people are just absolutely crazy about them. He makes millions of dollars off of Is it. Is it a microwave? <laughs> <laughs> I could. I, I was. I was trying to do some research into what it is, and it just said that it like peeled and prepared a baked potato. Hmm. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, but he's rich. Also, you don't peel baked potatoes. That's true. You don't, right? You just cut them open. No. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what makes it so valuable. You know? Okay. Oh, he invented mashed potatoes, and <laughs> they just didn't have a word for it back then. Well, his his last name was Mashed Potato, Stan Mashed yeah. Potato, so yeah. he did invent them. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> in, the, in the show I watched it. <laughs> so now uh, a 54-year-old divorcee out on her own, uh, Dorothy is looking to start a new life. And all of her experiences have turned what used to be this kind of self-doubting teen into a woman that is strong and confident and wise, and, and she know she's going to be okay out there on her own yeah so the first step is to find a new place to stay and after spotting an ad pinned to a bulletin board at a local grocery store dorothy makes a call to rent a room in a house owned by a woman named blanche so let's talk about blanche if dorothy is the smart strong-willed one blanche is the sexy one she grew up in atlanta georgia she was born to a rich southern family her dad's name is big daddy hollingsworth and he's like the quintessential kind of white Republican, old money Southerner. And that's how Blanche grows up. She's a debutante and she goes to balls and she attends finishing school where they teach her how to behave like a proper upper class woman. And she's just used to very fancy things. Uh, and she's also very used to being the center of attention, particularly for men. She's like the Southern belle and she's always turning heads when she walks into the room. And she's definitely not above using her charm and her good looks to get what she wants. For example, in high school, Blanche was a cheerleader, and her and another girl were rivals, both competing to be the head of the cheer squad. So in order to get rid of her competition, Blanche seduced that girl's dad Whoa. and offered to marry him if he would pull her from the cheer team. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> this show's too real, man. There's some weird stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. It, she doesn't go through with it. The plan to marry the dad doesn't doesn't go through. Um, but that's a, it's a pretty intense plan. Marry that dad. <laughs> yeah, man, get out there and marry that dad. Hey, did the dad try to pull the daughter, the, the, his daughter from the cheer challenge? She just mentions it in a passing story and she doesn't really tell exactly what happened at the end. Only that she didn't go through with it. So oh, maybe, maybe the dad pulled the daughter so she didn't have to marry him. Yeah. Who knows? That just is bad. That's a, that'd be a bad father. That's a bad father. Yeah. I think he, he oiled her up so when they threw her up in the, in the air, they couldn't catch her and she just fell. <laughs> fell and died yeah yeah he wanted a new life a new <laughs> new beginning new wife new life new daughter yeah. rumor has it that she, she that they threw up and she never came down <laughs> she's still up there they vomit her and yeah. she just yeah. never came back you notice that every man in the show is bad yeah 
That's true. <laughs> That's pretty much true. Through, uh, no, there's one. There's one good man. I guess two good men in this show, but everybody Ooh. else is kind of a kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Pixie Dream Boy. <laughs> mm. So instead of marrying that dad, she ends up catching the attention of a young, successful lawyer in Atlanta when she's in her early twenties. And they fall in love, and the guy proposes to Blanche on Valentine's Day, and they get married, and and they're super happy. So this guy's a good guy. Yeah, they move to Miami, and her husband practices law there, and together they have a whole bunch of kids. Uh, the kids' names are Rebecca Sue, Janet, Biff, Matthew, <laughs> Skippy, and Doug. Beautiful name, Skippy. <laughs> Skippy and Biff. Can you imagine? I mean, that's that that's a stone's throw away from two different peanut butter brands, right? <laughs> <laughs> Blanche and her husband have a happy life together. Until in 1981, after decades of marriage, something tragic happens. Her husband dies. Mm -hmm. Now, the tragic thing that kills him, though, there's two possible options. In one episode, Blanche says he dies in a car crash, which is, is very normal and pretty sad. But in another episode, she says he died when he stepped on a landmine, which raises a lot of questions. He was a lawyer living in Miami. Where did you find a landmine? Um, I can solve this. Somebody attached it to his, his uh, pedal. I was, yeah, I was thinking maybe that uh, it was more of a Flintstone situation, and his car was a, a, scoot, a scoot along, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was not a very successful lawyer. Yeah. So he, had a, he, had a, he had a scoot along. A scoot along. That's, what they're, that's the brand. <laughs> yeah. Very eco-friendly. <laughs> his carbon footprint very small yeah but his, his, his regular footprint. footprints though were everywhere but he dies uh, so Blanche is a widow now mm-hmm. <laughs> and now that she's a widow Blanche is ready to mingle she dates a lot of guys and she's very open about her promiscuity she's very very sex positive which at the time was a pretty rare characteristic for a woman in a mainstream TV show. This is the 1980s, yeah. and uh, you know that was that was a big deal. People were kind of upset, but also viewed her as kind of a hero in yeah. a lot of ways. Uh, There's some solid female empowerment and stuff going on right here. Totally, yeah, I like it. It's good. Do you think that Sex in the City is based on Golden Girls? Oh, probably. I, that must be what it is, right? Just a redo of it a for reboot? a modern audience. Maybe I've never actually seen any Sex in the City stuff, though. Have you? I think I've seen parts of it. I feel like the way that you're describing these three main characters, they're pretty in line with the with the ones on Sex and the City. There's like the kind of there's the sexy promiscuous one. Yeah, I think there's a tall kind of straight lace. Huh. There's the tall ugly one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> they're all beautiful their own ways. <laughs> But even though she's kind of viewed as like a hero of of sexual empowerment, there were concerns that Blanche's sexual appetite might be a dangerous risk, though. Uh, In the 1980s, that's when awareness of AIDS were growing. So uh, people were kind of concerned that she might set a bad example and lead to a bunch of people getting AIDS. But Mm. she actually addressed that in the show, saying in one episode how she's very careful to always use protection and to always find out about a partner's full sexual history before sleeping with them. Good. (laughs) But anyway, um, after her husband dies, she finds herself in a big house by herself. Her kids are all grown and gone. Biff and Skippy are out of the house. So she starts (laughs) looking for some roommates to rent her extra rooms to. So she makes an ad, and uh, that's the ad that Dorothy sees at the grocery store that leads her to call Blanche about the room. And at the same time, another woman calls Blanche about the room as well. Her name is Rose. And Rose is played by Betty White. Do you guys know Betty White? Yeah. yeah. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that's that's Rose. And Rose, if Dorothy is the wise, strong one and Blanche is the sexy one, Rose is the dumb but sweet one. And she's born in 1930 in a town called St. Olaf in Minnesota, which was kind of a small Norwegian farming town. 
And her dad was actually a monk in the local monastery. And her mom was a 19-year-old that worked in the kitchen as a cook in the monastery. And the monk and the teen girl would flirt a little bit at mealtimes, which I'd imagine is probably kind of against the rules in the monastery. But that eventually led them to sleeping together, which is definitely against the rules. And it was just one time, but the girl got pregnant. And wow, this, first time no warm-up. <laughs> yeah, back to back. Yeah. Uh, but Did the, the monk lose his powers? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> his hair grew out. <laughs> uh, but the situation gets even worse because the teen girl dies in childbirth. Ooh. And the monk, he can't raise the baby. He's a monk. He's taking a vow to God. He can't leave the monastery. So he leaves. And little baby Rose is parentless. She's an orphan. So her childhood is spent living in an orphanage. And when she turns eight, she gets adopted. Uh, and her parents take Rose to live with them and their eight other children on their dairy farm in St. Olaf. And from then on, everything's great. Her family is super loving. Rose loves all of her brothers and sisters. Rose also really loves the farm animals. She's very happy with uh, all the cows and the chickens and the pigs and oh, stuff. That's great. And her teenage years are a little ambiguous. You know, Rose is known for telling very long stories about her life that don't really make any sense. And in these stories, she mentions that she never finished high school because she got mono from dating 56 different men. And in another, she says that she was valedictorian of her graduating class, but only because she pulled the longest straw. So we don't really know. She's not a very reliable narrator. She just likes to lie. But she seems very genuine when she's saying it. So it's hard to, it's hard to tell. She also says that she was almost the St. Olaf Butter Queen as a teen, <laughs> but lost at the last minute because of a butter churn tampering incident. <laughs> Which they don't really explain, but man, I like the idea of a Butter Queen pageant, though. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of losing one last minute. How do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? You make it to the final round and you can't turn the butter, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was molasses instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rose meets her husband uh, and they get married very young. She's only 18 at the time of their wedding. And her and her husband have a long, happy marriage, too. And they raise five kids together in St. Olaf. And they also have a very healthy sex life. It's revealed that Rose and her husband would typically have sex at least twice a day, which is <laughs> which is a lot. And, and it was all that sex that eventually led her to her husband's death. After 32 years of marriage, at the age of 51, her husband had a heart attack while he was getting wild with Rose. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty sad. His hip blew up. And after that, was that? His hips blew up. <laughs> She's a real grinder, that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but after that, she's left alone in Minnesota, and she decides that she needs a change. She wants to move somewhere uh, without all the snow, maybe with better weather, so she can... Uh, uh, live the rest of her life. And she chooses Miami to get some of that tropical heat. Mm. And when she moves to Miami, she doesn't really pursue other relationships for a long time. She becomes very scared of intimacy because she doesn't want to kill anybody else. Mm, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hold on, Betty. You're not having sex with everybody. That's your, your weapon of choice. Yeah. It's like a James Bond movie. Keep that one holstered. <laughs> Man, what if like there's a hostage situation? So she just has to, <laughs> has to come in and rescue. Yeah. Uh, so Rose finds a little apartment and a job as a grief counselor, which she's very bad at. But uh, she's content with her life until her landlord kicks her out. There's a strict no pets policy in her apartment. But Rose has such a soft spot for animals because of her childhood on the farm. So when she sees a stray cat that needs help, Rose adopts it and brings that cat into her apartment. And when the landlord finds out, she gets evicted. 
So just like Dorothy, she's looking for a new place uh, to to live her new life, and she ends Did you up say a- nude place, <laughs> new place, new place. Oh, Kevin, get your mind out of the gutter. Kind of makes sense. Kevin, you're you're uh, you're Blanche. You're always thinking about sex. <laughs> yeah, you're Blanche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she ends up at the same grocery store as uh, as Dorothy, and she sees the same ad poster for the same room, which ultimately leads to Blanche, Rose, and Dorothy meeting and becoming roommates. And there's one other roommate, too. Dorothy's mom, Sophia. And we mentioned her a minute ago. How old is she? Sophia is in her 80s. Oh, God. <laughs> um, which is weird because the actress that plays Sophia is actually younger than the other actresses, but they just make her look like she's 80. But she's about, yeah, like 30 years older than the rest of the girls in Blanche's house. And she's this small but very fast-talking, tough-as-nails Brooklyn lady. Um, she's kind of that quintessential old lady, though. She's wearing a, a little sweater and thick glasses. But she's very sarcastic, very caustic. She's originally from Sicily, where she had a whole string of, of almost marriages. Her first love, she met when they were just like 10 or 11. And they were planning on getting married when they came of age. But then World War I broke out, and he went off to war, and they never saw each other again. Instead, she ended up getting engaged at the age of 14 to a man named Giuseppe. But Giuseppe left her at the altar, so that one didn't work out. Mm. And after that, she ended up engaged to a man named Guido in what was basically an arranged marriage. But before she could go through with the ceremony, she found a list she had written as a kid of all the things she wanted to do in her life. And she realized that if she went through with the marriage, she'd be stuck in Sicily forever. So she runs away, which ultimately leads her to meeting Sal, the man that she does end up marrying. And together, Sal and her run away from Sicily and move to New York. Together, they raise Dorothy, and everything's great. But eventually, though, Sal dies, probably sometime in the 1970s, uh, and then things get worse. Sophia has a stroke, and she's totally physically capable and everything afterwards, but it does affect her personality a little bit. The stroke destroys the part of her brain that acts as a filter, so she just says whatever she feels, which usually ends up being like calling Blanche a slut <laughs> or calling Rose an idiot. She just kind of says whatever she wants. But after the stroke, she can't really be on her own in New York. So Dorothy brings her down to Miami to be close to her. And Sophia moves into a nursing home called Shady Pines. But then, just a couple days after Dorothy moves into Blanche's house, there's a knock on the door, and it's Sophia. She has to stay with them for a while because the nursing home that she lived in just burned down. And it's strongly hinted at later in the series that it was probably Sophia that burned it down. And on purpose, because she didn't like it there, she said that the staff treated her poorly, so she burnt it to the ground. That's great. Which is pretty insane. But they also definitely hint that she might be connected to the Italian mafia. There's a lot of hints that Sophia might actually be like an old mob wife. So, so who knows? But anyway, she has nowhere to stay now. So Sophia becomes the fourth roommate in Blanche's house. It's a big house. She also claims that she had sex with Pablo Picasso and Winston Churchill. So cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, all four ladies end up living together for six years. Uh, and during that time, they grow really close. And that ends, though, when Dorothy gets married and moves away. Uh, she ends up meeting Blanche's uncle and they fall in love. And if you remember, Blanche comes from a rich Southern family. And when they get married, he takes Dorothy back with him to Atlanta to live in his manor house. So Dorothy's out of the picture. She leaves the rest of the girls behind. Originally, Sophia was going to come live in the manor house too. But at the last minute, Sophia decides that she'd rather stay in Miami with Rose and Blanche. So they part ways. And Dorothy leaves. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. So that's the end of Golden Girls. When Dorothy leaves, that's the end of the TV series. Oh. How much older is Blanche's uncle? Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? You think he'd be a lot older. It, yeah. He's actually played by Leslie Nielsen. Do you know Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. Mm, I know the name. I don't. Who, what would I know him in? Um, he was in the Naked Gun movies. He's just in a bunch of those like oh, yeah, cheesy yeah, yeah, like yeah, spoof yeah. movies. He has white hair. He's had white hair for like yeah. for his whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I picture him about the same age as the other Golden yeah. Girls, right? Yeah. So that's the end. Um, but that's not the end of the story. That's just the end of Golden Girls. They start a spinoff. It's a series called Golden Palace. And in Golden Palace, Dorothy's still gone. She lives in Georgia now. But Blanche, Rose, and Sophia decide that they're going to move out of their house and they're going to all pitch in and buy a luxury hotel together and see if they can run a successful hotel. And they name the hotel the Golden Palace. And they have zero experience running a hotel. So they just kind of give it their best shot. And uh, it's a a pretty terrible TV show. (laughs) It's like universally hated. Um, (laughs) Most of the episodes are like... Oh, it's, it's spring break in Miami, and there's some teens that are trying to sneak into the hotel, and it's up to the up to the old ladies to catch them and kick them out. Or Rose's niece is, is going to book a room at the hotel to have sex with her boyfriend behind her mother's back, and it's up to Rose to put a stop to it. It's just really, really odd. Um, there's one episode where Blanche needs to convince her daughter to donate an egg to her so she can have babies with her new 60-year-old boyfriend. What? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, bizarre. It's wild. It only lasted one season. They didn't really wrap it up because they were planning on doing more, but everyone hated it, so they just canceled it. So it just kind of disappeared. That's sad. What a sad ending. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually the last episode. The episode where Blanche is trying to get an egg from her daughter is how, <laughs> is how they end the whole series. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> and that's the, <laughs> that's the last we hear of them. So, you know, that's we can assume that's where they are now, you know, <laughs> perpetually yep. stuck in that hell <laughs> trying to get some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, so knowing that, do you think do you think they were the Golden Girls? Uh, yeah. I guess. I mean, I, I feel like Which, I'm, 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 a, I'm can I say I would say yes. Tentatively, uh huh. But I think we are all Blanche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all we're all the sexy promiscuous one. We are all the Blanche, and and it, we don't have to fit the other roles. It's okay because <laughs> we're all Blanche. I think I think we can I think we can make this work though. If I'm one pretty of sure us that is, I'm Rose. I'm, I'm gonna, do you think you're Rose? I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, Rose is very sweet and kind, um, kind of dumb, but loves animals. I mean, I love, you animals. love animals. You're very sweet. I am and kind. kind of dumb. Let's just kind of we'll just put it out there. I, I, <laughs> you think you're dumb, but you're not. But I think I'm not, I'm not the sharpest apple in the tree. Let's put it that way. <laughs> of the three, though, you probably are Rose because she loves animals and she's very sweet and kind. That's definitely you. I'm sweet and kind. Yeah. Hey, thanks. You're sweet and tasty, Kev. So, Kev, <laughs> you're either Dorothy, who is the strong-willed, um, kind of brave, smart one. Or your Blanche, the slutty promiscuous one. What other qualities does she have? We, we can't. We can't just call her. I don't want to call her slutty because yeah. that seems she's sexually active. She's a good yeah. lover, and she takes control. Sex, she's, she's sex positive. She's she sex takes control positive. of her own shit. I think yeah. that's cool. So, what, what else mm-hmm. can we say Probably about the most, her? Most self confident of the set. Yeah. Um, her name is Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm trying to spin this into a find a way to make us into a Kevin. Kevin, right. do you think you're more promiscuous or more or more stubborn, strong-willed? I think I'm. I mean, honestly, probably stubborn, strong-willed. Okay, so that makes you so. that makes you Dorothy. Okay, 
which I guess that's that, that's the tall one, right? Yeah, that's the tall one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I guess leaves me with the uh the sexy one. You're pretty sexy. Yeah, thank you. You did within the last hour offer to wipe his ass for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like just in the same way that Blanche would use her her charms and her good looks. You charmed me. Yeah. yeah. I charmed you I into wiping you my ch- bones. Why would you do that? I'm your friend. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I can't stop myself, man. Oh, that's all right. I forgive you. <laughs> I need some help back there. <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> but that's the story of Golden Girls. What do you guys think? Do you love it? I bet you I would actually enjoy it. Yeah. Joey, you laughed at a couple things in this podcast that were not Roger jokes. They were just scripted (laughs) events. They really show. (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. I guess I like it. I'm a golden girl. Yeah. You are a golden girl. I'm actually kind of a more of a Laverne and Shirley kind of guy. I've never seen Laverne and Shirley. Is it funny? All I need to tell you is this it opens up with a factory, and they put a there's a factory with the conveyor belts all over the place, and they're having fun in it. That's that's your dream, right? To go to a factory with conveyor belts. I want to go to a factory. I want to go to a factory. Didn't they have they had um, tours of a beer factory in L.A. last year? Remember that? Oh my god, I would have loved to have gone to that. I bet you it's a dream. I think it was like the Budweiser factory, and they just opened it up once every ten years or something, like a Willy Wonka situation. Oh, that's legitimately Willy Wonka. Yeah, I heard there's a yeah. fun little train every. I bet you there's boxes opening and cut. I bet there's so many conveyor belts and there's so many buttons to press. <laughs> do you think it's anybody's job just to push the button, just to pull the lever? I don't know. I, I do it. Joey, would you quit your life right now to become a a beer factory man? Okay, so here's the thing, and you've told me before, and I get I get a little. I I don't know. So let me okay. So let me let me calm down for a second. <laughs> if it is in fact what I think of it as, and and there's conveyor belts everywhere, and machines, and weird little robot arms, and buttons, and steam flying, out, I would yeah. love to do that. But I, I think remember, you told me that it's yeah, we not had like that, that. We had that argument before, and I was like, I don't think there's anybody like on the floor pulling the lever. It's all just automated, you know. But I yeah. could be wrong. I've never been in a factory either. Have you not been to the Tillamook factory? You've You've been to a cheese factory, Kevin? Yeah. You went to the cheese factory? The Holy shit. Why are we just finding out about this now? Why didn't you invite us? Yeah. You guys were busy. Oh, uh, yeah. I was busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were busy that day. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they, they definitely do have people down on the floor doing stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's less, it's less like the, the romanticized version Joey has and more like a... Two dudes just sitting there talking while cheese flows past them, and every once in a while they pick one up and put it back down. <laughs> Which is also a dream, though. That's a dream job. I guess so. Imagine if the three of us just got to sit around while cheese floated past us. Sharp cheddar. <laughs> yeah. Think of all the kinds. <laughs> hey, on that factory tour, did you get to try some of the factory cheese? Yeah. Yeah, they had oh, a man. bunch of samples That's around. as fresh as it gets. Hot out of the yep. factory? Right off the conveyor belt. It was all the like trimmings that they didn't want to actually use in their in their cheese bars. Wow. It's pretty cool. The town does smell a lot like cow shit <laughs> like for a while. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's quaint. It's cute. Yeah. And it like smells this. like shit. It smells like shit. <laughs> Just like you, Joey. Quaint and cute. It smells like shit. <laughs> I need some help wiping. Would you come help me? I did it to you. Yeah. We'll just have an Ouroboros situation going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a yin yang sign. Oh. <laughs> just lay on the floor just so we make sure we don't get it. This is disgusting. Should we read some reviews? Um, we got a letter. And and good news, bad news. It's our first hate mail for Kevin. Hey, all right. <laughs> Here it comes. You ready? I'm very excited. Okay, I gotta yeah. put on his name's Connor. I'm gonna put on my Connor hat real fast and really <laughs> sick it to you. Okay. 
All right. Dear Kevin, you thought you could get away with it after what you did for so many years, all the people you hurt and disappointed. <laughs> what? You could forget it all and just tell whimsical stories about Diablo and Sonic the Hedgehog. No. I don't care how you were in seven. Lies have... <laughs> Lives have been ruined, and the blame is firmly on your shoulders. You sicken me. Wow. Okay, yeah. Your childhood ghost story made me feel nostalgia for times past. And yeah, I was in the Nanzi, the spider played first grade, so that throwback was hella lit, dude. But, hardly, but House of Cards is insanely boring. Oh. Roger and Joey, shame on both of you for giving Kevin Spacey a platform to redeem himself. He has passed, he has passed the point of no return. Do not let him take you down with him. Yours truly, concerned citizen. Uh, and then, yeah, that's a, and then he gives a little PS, but it's a secret oh, PS. That's very good. That's great. Connor, you're funny. Thanks, Connor. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, well, I mean, Kevin, give it to us straight. Are you Kevin Spacey? Uh, I've never seen him. I've only heard him on the radio. I know you have the exact Kevin Spacey voice. You sound exactly like Kevin Spacey now. You sound exactly like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. You also look exactly like Kevin Spacey. I've so. only, I'm going to Google it. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure enough. That's yep. him. That's him. Well, shit. Well, shit. We gotta, well sorry, guys. It's nah. fine. Let's replace you with Brad Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. I've been looking for a reason. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thanks, Connor. That was great. Yeah, thank thanks. you, Connor. Let's get some more. Uh, let's get some more hate mail coming if we can. Yeah. Cool. It really gets me going. Uh, other fun stuff. Uh, we uh, we have um, email. If you guys want to also send us some hate mail, so it's a storyholepodcast at gmail dot com. And we have an Instagram at um, storyholepodcast. If you want to go check it out, Joey's been making really fun animations for each episode. So mm-hmm. uh, we're also uh, we start going to start to use the Twitter because we never used the Twitter before, but it's time because in 2019, all right, <laughs> <laughs> 2019, it's time to get on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, time to get on Twitter. So uh, that's storyholepodcast one is is the is the at I guess I don't want to call yeah. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna start tweeting some cryptic tweets and if you can decipher it it's my social security number so yeah. it's a mystery <laughs> i'm gonna put one pixel a day of my face so you guys can actually get a reveal of what i look like how many how many days does that take mm, four four yeah four <laughs> <laughs> a very simple face i actually just look like a square so. <laughs> somehow i've become sentient someone drew a square to be, this is a, that's a weird joke i like it i like it yeah <laughs> i'm a, I'm a I like the world you built with that joke <laughs> Okay, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. See you next week. All right. Bye.